Hello everyone, welcome to my podcast. My name is Pastor Edwin, a UCN group. What's up? God bless you everyone. I have another message here for a student. Um, for you. The questions, things that are being um, thought about and, and not answered correctly or they cannot find the answers for themselves. And here I want to help you out. Uh, like I said, don't take my word for it. Go into scripture. So open up your books your Bibles up to Romans chapter 14 and hold your spot there as we go into prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this moment in time that come together. Uh, this short uh, uh, questioning here, Lord, this, this uh, quick um, reading of the things that we have here, law of liberty. I ask, Father, that you anoint our hearts and our minds, that we can gain that understanding that you want us to understand, Lord. For those that are have questions, Lord, of this subject about being judged and and judging others, Lord. May it be clear to them according to your will. Uh, For we know, Lord, that you have mercy on whom you will to have mercy. And I I pray, Father, that uh, those that are listening and have questions in their hearts, that they may be answered through this here. This, Father, I ask you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Okay, brothers, sisters, there it is, UCN Group. I'm excited that you guys are still tuning in. But I want to read to you here from Romans chapter 14. For those that are asking questions about uh, being judged, you ever hear somebody say, uh, uh, don't judge me, don't judge me? Or right away you start thinking, oh, somebody judging me. Well, what type of judgment is there that that's coming out? We've spoken this before in the groups at last year. And part of it was about um, there are two types of judging. There's one to hurt someone and the other one to correct them in love. Okay, so without further ado, let me read chapter 14 of Romans, verse 1. And then we'll go into a deeper explanation real quick, okay? Receive one who is weak in the faith but not to disputes over doubtful things. For one believes he may eat all things, but he who is weak eats only vegetables. Let not him who eats despise him who does not eat, and let not him who does not eat judge him who eats, for God has received him. Who are you to judge another servant? To his own master he stands or falls. Indeed, he will be made to stand, for God is able to make him stand. One person esteems one day over another, another esteems every day alike. Let each be fully convinced in his own mind. He who observes the day observes it to the Lord, and he who does not observe the day to the Lord, he does not observe it. He who eats, eats to the Lord, for he gives God thanks. And he who does not eat to the Lord, he does not eat and gives God thanks. For none of us lives to himself, and no one dies to himself. For if we live, we live to the Lord. And if we die, we die to the Lord. Therefore, whether we live or die, we are the Lord's. For to this end Christ died, and rose and lived again, that he might be Lord of both the dead and the living. But why do you judge your brother? Or why do you show contempt for your brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. For it is written, As I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God. So then each of us shall give account to himself to God. Therefore, let us not judge one another any more, 
but rather resolve this, not to put a stumbling block or a cause to fall in our brother's way. Hallelujah. Listen to that. That's God's holy word. And here, you know, uh, there are two ways to judge others. And I want you to hear this. There are two ways to judge others. We can judge them critically or charitably. What does that mean? Uh, Or we can judge them to hurt or to help. God intends us to judge other people's actions according to God's principles, but to do so with love. See, not do it with anger and hate. Here, Paul addresses the idea of judging others based on our own personal preferences and our own opinions. These are the dispute matters on which Christians should be able to disagree. Many man-made rules address things that aren't clearly spelled out in Scripture. I'm sure that redirects everyone's thought process and attempts to read the Bible, so they turn away and put it away and say, I'm not reading this no more. Now, when we talk about human rules as if they're God's ideas, we harm those who are weak in faith. Did you hear that? Those that are weak in faith get hurt by the uh, uh, the things that we compensate. It's God, right? When we talk about human rules and act like those human rules are God's ideas, we most definitely 150% all right, cause harm to those who are weak in faith. And what do we mean by weak in faith? It means that you're new. You're starting to grow. When a plant grows in a pot, how how weak is it? Hmm? How vulnerable is it? I mean, a bug, a caterpillar can come by and just eat it all up. And it's gone. It's done, right? It takes forever to grow another green leaf. Or it may just even die from shock. But that type of weakness that God, the, the type of weakness that God is talking about is harm. It can cause harm. It can hurt the hearts of those that are trying to learn about Jesus In fact, it can turn them away completely. Like I said, they can lose a thought process of why are they doing this? Why are they even following the Bible? And get angry and put the Bible down and shove it away in a corner somewhere and walk away from it. Now, Paul names, in verse 2, Paul names a couple of the man-made rules that were tripping up these particular believers. The first regards diet. On one side, some believers thought, eating meat was sinful so they would eat only vegetables right then we call them vegan right they don't eat meat other believers thought it was okay to eat anything the first group didn't become vegetarian for dietary reasons but convictional ones and the conventional reasons the meat in rome had been offered to idols therefore many people felt it was tainted with the demonic Uh, The second group, however, thought, well, what's an idol anyway? It's not a real God, and I don't believe in them, so whatever happens to the meat before it arrives on my table is fine. These differences of opinion created conflict, and we all know what conflict is, right? So in verse 3, Paul offers his input on eating, saying to both groups that God has accepted them, The problem was that the believers weren't accepting each other. They were looking down on each other. We don't usually argue over meat in the church today, but we do similar things by saying, if you were really saved, you wouldn't go to the movies. God's people don't go to places where secular music is played. It's fine to have personal convictions, 
But if the Bible hasn't condemned the thing, we should give space to the believers whose convictions differ on matters that Scripture does not address plainly. Listen to that. And, and you need to hear this with your heart. Verse 4, suppose you think movies and dancing are okay. That's great. You're free in Christ. But please don't judge another's household servant based on your household rules. Remember, he answers to God, and it is before his own Lord, and he stands and falls. God's word gives a standard, and we are all called to meet it. But once we meet that standard, we can differ on the kind of bags we carry along the way. Now, In verse 5, Paul introduces another example regarding the same concept. And some people were celebrating special holidays, while others thought every day was the same. This discussion resonates with me because my father-in-law didn't celebrate Christmas. He thought our culture had been taken over with uh, commercialism. And we thought this through as well. If each one is fully convinced in his own mind that he's honoring God regarding a matter on which scripture isn't crystal clear, we need to just let our brothers and sisters exercise liberty. I'm going to say that again. You know, if each one of us is fully convinced in his own mind that he's honoring God regarding a matter on which scripture isn't, where scripture isn't crystal clear about that, we need to let our brothers and sisters allow them to exercise that liberty. It's uncomfortable for people at different levels of faith and maturity to uh, 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 coexist. And especially without judging each other on matters of preference, man. Paul gives us both a reason to respect others, freedom, and a motivation. You aren't their master. In these verses, uh, 6 through 9, the phrase for the Lord shows up seven times. If a brother eats, let him eat for the Lord. If he doesn't, let him not eat for the Lord. If he celebrates a day, he does it for the Lord. If not, he's still he's still doing it for the Lord. If he lives or dies, he's doing it for the Lord, not for you. Let's read that again. I gotta read this part here again. It says here in this commentary, in these verses, the phrase for the Lord shows up seven times. If a brother eats, let him eat for the Lord. If he doesn't, let him not eat for the Lord. And what he means there is that there's some people that that what he was saying, some people believe that eating pork is okay, and others, pork is not okay. So we give thanks, those that eat pork, thank you, Lord, for this pork. Thank you, Lord, for this pork shoulder, right? And the other one is, is that's not eating pork, says, thank you, Lord, for uh, giving me strength, uh, sustaining myself, sustaining me with those things that I, I, I eat, right? And it says, if not, he's still doing it for the Lord. If he lives or dies, he's doing it for the Lord. Live or die. If he's living or dying, people live for the Lord. There's people that live for the Lord. They shout, they celebrate all the time. It's a big party, living for the Lord. And then there's people that are willing to sacrifice everything in their life and die for the Lord. Do we stop them? Does it say not to do that? No, he's doing it for the Lord, not for you or me. And many of our churches are drowning in legalism. And we're putting a leash around the necks of other Christians with our man-made preferences. Listen to that. You check it out. You're standing in a church with these man-made preferences. It's not for you to stand up against them. It's for you to recognize. Recognize it and talk to the Lord about it. And you see what he's going to show you. We're, I mean, we're putting a leash. Like I said, 
putting a leash around the necks of other Christians with our man-made preferences. And, and moreover, we're keeping rules. We're keeping rules for Brother Tom or for Sister Dana or, or for Pablo and Raul or, or Mary and Linda. We've got to stop trying to please each other hmm? and focus on pleasing the one who died and return to life for this, that he might be Lord over both the dead and the living. There is one Lord, and you're not him. The more we police the behavior of others, the more dangerous our own position becomes. Jesus said that it is foolishness to point out a speck of sawdust in your brother's eye if you have two by four, a, a two by four in your own eye. Paul is getting at the same idea here. Why do you judge your brother or sister when you know that each of us will give an account of himself to God? God won't be asking you about the opinions and preferences of your brother. He'll be looking into your account. So don't worry about your neighbor so much. Keep a better close eye on yourself. Get out of his business and tend to your own. I've had people tell me, oh, Pastor Andrew, you you really talk um, hard against certain people. Before I answer that, I want to say just because our focus is on pleasing God doesn't mean we aren't thinking of others at all. Instead of judging one another, we decide never to put a stumbling block or a pitfall in their way. That's one thing that I always think about. Am I putting a stumbling block? No, I'm opening the way. I mean, we think of others all the time, but our first question is not what faults can I find in their lives? That's not what I look for. Instead, it is how will my actions affect them? Yes, you are free to enjoy what God gives you, the freedom to enjoy it, okay? But don't use that freedom to hurt others. Don't flaunt it. And that's one thing I, I hope that that answered your question. Uh, I pointed it out about judging one another. And if you speak truth, it's, there's a difference. You're speaking truth. If you find that you're in a church and these things are happening and you're following man-made rules, look for those things that man tells you you can't do that. Look for it in the Bible. And where does it tell you in the Bible that you cannot do those things uh, like eating pork or not eating pork or whatever? Okay. There are certain parts that God told Peter not to call what he created dirty or unclean pretty much. Right. And he told him to eat because he was Jewish and he wanted to eat pork. You know, he didn't eat that stuff. That it was filthy. It was a filthy animal. And that's where God corrected him. But it was also a point where um, in Peter, he, in, I think it was First Peter, where God was t- teaching him something other than what he calls clean is clean. Of course, he made that clear. But there was another, another uh, point of that uh, chapter that had to do with other brothers and sisters in Christ. Okay, so here I pray that you guys um, have received what you needed. The question was answered to those that had that question. And that um, judging one another, it means nothing. You're just getting under each other's skin. There is a type of judgment that we read here that is for love and correction. It's to correct one another. It's not to um, convict anyone. Now, if you're talking bad about somebody and you've never seen anything they did or you're just going by hearsay and judging on that hearsay, then you're wrong. 
then you're wrong. You should ask for repent to the Lord, ask for forgiveness to the Lord, and then go to that person, which is most likely either a friend or someone you know, an acquaintance, and tell them, you know what? Forgive me for thinking wrong of you. I'm sorry about that. You know, I'm not going to say any, who said it, but, you know, I heard this, and I'm so sorry that it came around to me, and, and I judged you on that. Forgive me. Boom. Wow. Exploding mind. You may even make a good friend. But this is what God requires from us, to love one another. And this is one of those things that we do to love one another. We judge according by love, to love one another, to uh, uh address someone and tell them, hey man, you shouldn't wear that shirt. You're exposing too much. You're not judging and saying, oh, you look ugly in that shirt or you, you're looking like a tramp in that shirt. You're saying, you know, you shouldn't wear that shirt. You're showing too much and, and people are going to get the wrong idea, boys or girls or whatever they case, whoever it is. The point is that if you do it out of love, then that's what you receive. You, you ask God, put God in the middle of every situation that you face. All right, brothers and sisters, I'm going to let you go and catch you on the rebound. I pray, Heavenly Father, that they have received this message in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen.